Over the line. Final seconds of overtime. Downing to Foley. Save. Crawford. Downing loose puck. They score. Kings win in overtime. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Apologies for the delay on the episode. We had technical difficulties and scheduling issues. Both have been resolved moving forward. Now, the timing of this conversation is interesting because all of the Canadian media is seemingly obsessed with parsing out every single word Drew Doughty says rather than maybe paying attention to his play on the ice, which is what this podcast is about. Doughty's play on the ice and the media seemingly ignoring it. So, without further ado, my rambling concerns about Drew Doughty. Joining me now, PA announcer Dave Joseph. How are you doing tonight, Dave? Jesse, I'm great. How are you doing, buddy? I'm all right. Last night, you and I uh, briefly met in the uh, well, I was at the Chick Hearn media room. I, <laughs> I get all the names of the uh, different rooms con- confused. But uh, And I said to you, yeah, I don't want to talk about this. I'm not, you know, I'm sort of, I don't like the win. And you, uh, you seemed mildly curious as to why I would say such a thing. Yeah, well, yeah, I, for a couple of different reasons. I mean, uh, a win is a win, and you, you take the win, and you take the two points and go with it. It was overtime. It was against a team that you probably should have beat, uh, and a team that beat you fairly handily the last time you met. So I'm anxious to hear, Jesse, why you didn't like the win. Well, what wouldn't you like about that? Well, I have changed my mind in the 24 hours, <laughs> but... Ah. Um, but you kind of hit the nail on the head just now by saying it was a team that you should beat. And, right. and about halfway through the third period, maybe, maybe three quarters of the way through the third period, the shot totals was something like 44 to 22. Um, and I think the Kings were, had a one goal lead at the time. And, right. and I was, and so I was like, all right, well, they're pretty handily out playing Chicago, but they're having the same problem that they've been having all season. Which is they're out shooting the other team, and if you look, you know, if you're just looking at the numbers, you're not paying attention to the game on the ice. It appears that they're dominating them, but the reality is they're not dominating them. I mean, we saw them take a two nothing lead on two very fast goals, and they gave that lead away, you know, not as quickly as they built it, but pretty quickly. I mean, by the end of the first period, it was two to two, so that was an, uh, somewhat annoying. And then they they take that third period lead. And then as I'm looking at this 44 to 22 shot differential, I'm thinking to myself, now I, I looked it up because I was curious about Kyle Clifford. Nothing else, right? I was just thinking to myself, oh, Kyle Clifford scored a goal. You know, there's this crowd of people online who want to see Clifford and Lewis moved. You know, I think it's uh, jumping the gun a bit to start talking about that. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just look up. Because usually on nights like those, Kyle Clifford leads the team in all of the sort of advanced metrics, whether it's, you know, Corsi four percentage or shot differential or whatever it is. So I look it up and I discover that only three players at that time in the game had negative shot differentials. And they were Alex Iafalo, Alec Martinez, and Drew Doughty. And I had spoken about Drew Doughty in the pregame show on the iHeartRadio LA Kings Audio Network because... He's on the ice for a ton of goals, Dave. A ton of goals. 
Not so right. much that he's like the worst defenseman in the league. Not so much that you'd say like, oh, he, you know, his career is clearly done. He's, you know, got to go or anything like that. But for Drew Doughty, he's on the ice for a ton of goals. Right. So I made a comment about it and I started and, you know, like I said, I had spoken about it before the game. And, you know, listen, uh, God bless everybody who works for the Kings. But nobody who works for the Kings is interested in pointing out deficiencies that have not yet been pointed out, right? Like there's, you know, the the play of Jonathan Quick, whether you want to blame the goals on him or not, is, you know, he's it's unavoidable. You can't help but notice that a lot of goals are going in. And, you know, to, Bjornfoot was brought in and, you know, they'd bench him in the third period. You couldn't help but notice that. But nobody's super eager to talk about, hey, Andre Kopitar and Drew Doughty make somewhere in the neighborhood of $20 million. And are the two names that this franchise is banking on carrying them through this reconstruction? You know, when, when you and I walk under the tunnels of Staples Center, they have that giant mural, right? Where all the teams that are playing there now, they've, they've changed all the artwork and now it's pairs of players for each team. Right. So it's, you know, LeBron and AD and Kawhi and, uh, and I'm blanking on his name now. The other guy plays for the Clippers. Um, and they've got Dowdy and Kopitar there. So I was getting sort of annoyed, or not annoyed, but I just, I've, I've been wanting to bring more focus to this issue in Dowdy's game. And then Chicago ties it up with what, like a minute and a half left in the game or something? Mm-hmm. Yep. And who's on the ice and, and who's, you know, now I'm not going to say it was his fault, but the shot goes right past Drew Dowdy. And boom, now it's three to three at the end of the third period. And I slammed, I don't generally show a ton of emotion up in the press box, but I slammed the desk. Now part of that is because nobody was around me. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but I slammed my hand on because I was like effing dowdy again. Like it's not I'm not again, not saying it's his fault. I'm not saying he did anything wrong on that play. It's just there's some yeah. guys, you know, it's the same thing with Muzzin and Martinez three or four years ago, where it's just every goal. And it's not every goal, but like 75% of the goals, you could guarantee that one of the M&M boys was on the ice. And, and it just feels that way now with Dowdy. So then in the overtime, he turns the puck, you know, over right in front of Jack Campbell. And he they wind up scoring. Now, if you're not in the mindset that I'm describing, a great goal. I mean, just a, just what a fun overtime goal, right? Like, right, you know, yeah. it's Chicago. Yeah. We hate Chicago. Chicago was, you know, the nemesis for two or three seasons. And what a dumb overtime goal. And the Kings, you know, are great in three-on-three overtime. Um, but I just felt like, okay, that fun goal is going to paper over what is still a really glaring issue, which is that our highest paid <laughs> alternate captain, you know, former Norris Trophy winning defenseman is on the ice for like an insane amount of goals. But then I started reading but the post game. Sorry, go ahead. No, continue. Continue your thought. I want you to finish your thought. Well, so then I read the post-game comments, and had somebody in the media brought it up, I'm not sure that I would have changed my mind, but Dowdy brought it up himself. Dowdy, unprompted, said, I'm on the ice for too many goals. I'm on the ice for too many uh, power play goals. I got to get better. I got to get back to where I was. Don't go easy on me. And I thought, okay, good. Right? Like, he knows it. He's not hiding from it. In fact, he's doing the media's job for them by bringing it up. Because, frankly, somebody should have brought it up by now. 
Like the fact he's that getting I was, in front of it. Yeah. Well, he's acknowledging it, and that's honestly that's all I want. Right? right. Like is is somebody to say, yeah, he's not playing great because we can you and Dave. Everybody can spend the rest of the season trying to figure out, is it the goalie's fault? Is it the defense's fault? Is Matt Roy terrible? You know, is Joachim Ryan a bust? Like, you know, everybody's got their favorite whipping boy, right? Like, you go on the internet and every, you know, every 10 people has a different a different person to, you know, some people want him, you know, some people think Trevor Lewis is done. Some people think, you know, Kovalchuk needs to be traded. Some people, you know, want to send Carter to the rain. Some people want to trade Dowdy and Kopitar. Like, everybody's got somebody. So for Dowdy himself to just come out and say, yeah, I'm on the ice for way too many goals. And part of it is that I'm just struggling to adapt to this new system. You know, I'm going to try and find the quotes. But he said, you know, he's used to playing the right side exclusively. And he's used to, you know, having more control over over the gaps. And he's used to, you know, pinching the guy on the boards and breaking up plays. And now he's playing a rover system in this 1-3-1, you know, forecheck. And he's having to be more available for the breakout. All of this stuff that I now want nothing more than to spend an hour talking to the coaching staff to find out more about this. Now I feel great about it because like I said, he acknowledged it. He said he wants to get better. As you said at the beginning, a win is a win. It's against Chicago. It's in overtime. It was a funny goal. You know, like that goal, (laughs) that goal and the Jack Campbell save on Jonathan Taves. Uh, I expect to see those two clips uh, for many years to come. That was, those were both amazing. And the Campbell save especially was amazing. Um, uh, I'm glad you came to your senses. <laughs> Thanks. It took 24 hours, but I'm glad you came to your senses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my second thought is, is, you know, as many Kings fans probably have already figured out, there are going to be a lot of ups and downs this year with this entire team. Not, not just with individual players, but with the entire team. Um, with that being said, I think they're still trying to figure things out. And for, for Drew to say something like that is great. He got out in front of it. He owned it. He knows the pro, you know, he knows there's a problem and he's got to address it. But I think there are other issues that play into it. It's who's his defensive partner every night. It, it changes. There isn't one player that he's playing with on a regular basis. It started off being Bjornfoot. Then Ben Hutton was his partner. Now it's Alec Martinez as his partner. Who's going to be his next partner? We don't know. Um, back back in the in the in the salad days when they were winning Stanley Cups, it, you know, Drew had a regular partner seemingly every single night. You knew we were, he knew where he was going to go. He knew where, where his partner was going to go. They worked together. So I think that's that's an issue right there is not having someone not blaming it on anybody, but just saying there's not someone there on a nightly basis where you know your partner's going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I think along with not playing great team defense, the, the goaltending struggling, the team defensively is not playing great. Uh, I think it just all kind of snowballs together, and and because Drew logs so many minutes, and his minutes have been scaled back a little bit, but because he logs so many minutes, obviously there are going to be more opportunities for him to be out on the ice when these goals are scored, and he plays prime minutes at prime times. So if it's late in the game and it's a close game, Drew's going to be out there. If it's I, I, the end of the period and it's close, Drew's going to be out there. So if there's a goal, chances are he's probably going to be out there because he plays so much. Right. So one of the things, one of the reasons I pounded my <laughs> fist down on the table when they tied hey, it up. Let me just say, yeah, let me just say that. Like, like if you're, if you're, if you're Dave Joseph and you're in the lineup, right. And mm-hmm. you're, you're going to play 
four minutes a night if you're lucky. There's a good chance I'm going to be even or uh, plus for the night. You know what I mean? Because I'm not out there. Chances are I'm going to be even. But if I'm Drew and I'm playing 22 to 29 minutes a night, there's a much better chance that I'm going to end up on the negative side of things. If if the team is not playing well, you know, and you're not winning games, that means the other teams are scoring more goals than you. I'm not trying to be not trying to oversimplify, but if you're if you're getting outscored, you're going to be a minus. And because he plays so much, he's out there for a lot of of the other team's goals. Yeah. So that so this this again is why part of the reason I pounded um, pounded the desk and part of the reason I was annoyed by it because late in the game. With a 3-2 lead and Dowdy Martinez and I follow being the three guys on the team with negative shot differentials, I found myself thinking, maybe don't play him in this situation. Let's just see what Sean Walker can do when asked to play a slightly bigger role. Because we've been talking, you know, there's this sort of running gag going on at the moment where um, I think Sean Tierney is his name. He's one of the um, you know one of the hockey graphs people who who just breaks the the game down into graphs and you know look we all I think any reasonable human being knows that there's value in that but it shouldn't be the only way that you assess these things but the thing he keeps coming back to is that Sean Walker keeps coming out as the best defenseman in the NHL according to this one very limited perspective um, and I wrote to him uh, somebody pointed it out to me somebody forwarded it to me and I said, like, I'm not surprised by this, you know, revelation. And and he wrote back, like, really? Not at all? And I kind of went, like, no. Sean Walker's having himself a really good season. So part of me just wants to see that um, that thing. And the, the reason I'm sort of uh, vamping at the moment is I'm trying to look up the numbers because the reality is Drew Doughty's actually not playing that many minutes this season compared to um, his teammates. Now, you're right. He is playing in the high-pressure moments, and he is playing against the other team's best uh, players, but on a time, uh, on a minutes per game basis, Hutton's playing 16 minutes and 51 seconds. Dowdy's playing 16 minutes and 49 seconds. Martinez is playing 16 minutes and 28 seconds. And Sean Walker's playing 16 minutes and 15 seconds. Now that's it at even strength, I grant you. But Dowdy's the one who's getting abused when it comes to goals against. And, and that's the thing that really sort of fascinates me is that it's, it's Martinez and Dowdy who are on the ice for a disproportionate amount of goals. And yes, part of it can be explained by all the reasons you gave, which is that the goalies are not having a great uh, season. You know, part of it is that they're adapting to this one, three, one, four checks so of the defense. You know, the forwards are having more defensive responsibilities and they're maybe falling apart on it. I was reading an article today that described their style of play a little bit more, which was saying they're loading up the neutral zone to try and prevent attacks. And so it, the article didn't say this, but I sussed it out for myself because I'm, you know, fairly good at reading comprehension that once an, a, once an attack breaks through that three, you know, on the one, three, one, um, you know, lineup, then, then it's, you know, once you break through the neutral zone pressure, you have more space to operate on your attack. And that's why we're seeing all these odd man rushes and cross crease passes. And it could also be a huge part of the reason the goaltending is being exposed a little bit. But regardless, it's, Dowdy, and I hadn't heard any, and I, and I'm not trying to say, not trying to say that Drew Dowdy isn't good. I'm not trying to say that he's even having a bad season or that he's playing badly. I'm just saying I was concerned that I hadn't seen this subject being discussed by the only person I heard say anything about it was Dennis Bernstein, and 
while I agree in principle with what Dennis was saying, I disagreed with the reasons that he was giving for why he was concerned. His concern was that Drew Doughty's making $11 million and that for $11 million, you should expect that to buy a certain ability, you know, ability to be a quote unquote game changer. I don't care how much the guys are getting paid. Once they sign their contract, they're on the team. You know, I don't, I'm not concerned with how, what, what, you know, points per dollar they're producing. My concern with Dowdy is that he's going to be here, or at least, you know, the bill of goods are being sold is that Dowdy is going to be one of the pillars upon which this team is reconstructed. And so I, I need for my own personal (laughs) peace of mind uh, as a crazy lunatic fan, I need to see him, doing well because if he's not doing well then what are we building on if we're building on a shaky foundation i'm a little bit nervous so the fact that nobody had pointed it out upset me now that i know that he's aware of it and now that i know that he's concerned about it and that they have you know that he's put forth an explanation and you know and admitted it and everything well now okay great once you acknowledge a problem and what's the the, that's the expression right the first Part of fixing, you know, the first step is admitting you have a problem. So, you know, the fact that he's acknowledging it and the fact that we're moving past that stage of, well, he plays in the most minutes and he plays all the things you said, which are true. But it's also true that he's on the ice for just a ton of goals and it's got to change eventually. Yeah, and, and I think it will change. I think over time that that will change once he once there's a. He's playing with a stable partner. I guess stable is the wrong word, but a, a regular partner. Um, once he kind of finds that groove, once the team kind of comes together and finds its collective groove, I think it, it will tick upward. Um, but also know that, it, I mean, if you're asking me and, and, you're, and you're Drew Doughty and you're getting paid what you're getting paid, you're going to try to do everything you can to prevent the puck from going into your net. So if that means you're going to overplay a guy, if that means you're going to take an extra chance here or there because you want to live up to the contract or live up to the money, I think that's a part of it. I think there's, I I, I don't want to say it weighs on a player, but it certainly is in the back of a player's mind to say, hey, I'm getting paid this money. I got to do something every single night. I've got to prove it every time I step out onto the ice. And if the puck's going in the net behind you, that's not a good thing. So he, I, I think, I, if you'd asked her, he'd probably tell you, I'm trying to do too much. It looks to me like he's trying to do too much. And it, I, it's hard to say that's a good thing, but I'm sure it's going to come back around. I'm sure it's going to get scaled back. But I think he's just trying, like, he's trying a little bit too hard. Maybe he's got to take a step back uh, and say, or take a, you know, backward stride, I guess, in, in hockey speak and say, I'm just going to play my position and play my game and we'll get back to my Norris trophy winning ways of just a few years ago. I just think that takes, that takes time to do. You've got the contract. You've got a new defensive partner. You've got a new coach. Mind you, you've got, uh, you don't have Jonathan quick in net every night. You've got Jack Campbell. You've got a Jonathan quick who hasn't playing up to Jonathan quick standards. You've got all these different factors, not excuses. They're just, it's reality right now. So I think when you mesh that all together, when you when you jumble it all up together, that's the reason why he's struggling. But I think I think the team will find its way out of it, and I think that he'll find his way out of it. Yeah, I mean, he's too good. He's too good not to. 
Yes. Right? Well, I mean, and, he's one of the well, best defensemen in the league. So he, he'll figure it out. But, but I think that's what made me come around on the subject is that if, if I hear him say by his own admission, I'm struggling to adapt to a new system. I've been playing this way for 11 years. I'm used to doing it this way and I'm having to do it that way. And then you can, and then I can add in the part that he won't say, right? Which is exactly what you just said, which is he doesn't have a regular partner. Um, you know, let's face it. I'm not sure that there is a guy on the roster who's well suited to be Drew Doughty's regular partner. Um, I'm not saying that there isn't. I'm just saying I'm not sure because we've only seen 14 games out of Ben Hutton. We've seen fewer games out of Joachim Ryan. And I like Alec Martinez very, very much. He's a fun guy. He scored some incredible goals for the Kings, but he's older. Well, is he older than Drew Doughty or roughly the same age? But regardless, he's not a number two. Um, and I don't think that their games are particularly well suited um, to play together. So, I mean, we may not. You know, I think we all expected Bjornfoot was going to wind up being Dowdy's partner, and Dowdy seemed to like that idea a ton. Um, but that doesn't seem to be in the cards for this season. So, you know, you, you referenced it. Tons of people have referenced it. You know, this is going to be an up-and-down season. There are going to be peaks and valleys. Um, for me, I just need to know, and this is, I, this is how I feel about a ton of things in life. I don't need everything to be going perfectly all the time, but if, but if there's something that's going wrong, and nobody's talking about it, I will get very nervous. And so that's why just the fact that he brought it up himself calmed me down because I there's tons of conversations about Quick. There's tons of conversations about Toffoli and Carter and Kovalchuk and Amadio and Clifford and Lewis and Lazat and, you know, Bjornfoot and they got Grunstrom and Prokorkin coming up. And there's talk about Campbell and Peterson and, you know, there's all these conversations. I hadn't really heard anybody but Dennis say anything about Dowdy. So the fact that Dowdy now introduced the subject into the sort of consciousness of, of the Kings fandom, I'm like, I'm good now. I'm fine. <laughs> right now, at least that we're talking about it. And, and you can say, yeah, it's a problem and they'll fix it. And I'll go, okay, great. They'll fix it. Fine. But. But it was just that discomfort of nobody saying anything about it that was sort of upsetting me and weighing on me. But let's talk real quick about that overtime goal. How dumb was that overtime goal? I mean, dumb in the best way. Well, I mean, that I don't even know what happened. Like I'm try I I I I'm watching it play out in my head again and I'm thinking, what <laughs> how did that even how did that happen? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean it was very it was strange, no? And then like Drew is standing there for the tap in alongside of the goal. What? It, I don't know. It was it, it was it was strange, strange way the whole thing played out. Chicago was so not reacting to it that I almost thought it would be called back for some reason. Right? Like I thought, like oh, maybe, like maybe the whistle blew and I just didn't hear it, or right, right, or you know, or something, or the goalie thought the play was dead and so did, but. Because, I mean, it, it just reminded me of one of those football, you know, clips that gets rolled out one every couple of seasons where guys, you know, everybody thinks he's been tackled, but his knee never touched the ground. And so the other team's just sort of standing around and he just takes off and, you know, runs it back for whatever, 85 yards or something crazy like that. Um, right. It just reminded me of one of those things because Dowdy was clearly the only person paying attention on the ice. Um, 
I don't know. I thought it was great <laughs> in retrospect. Play, play till the whistle blows, right? I mean, you play yeah, no, till absolutely. <laughs> play is stopped, and I don't know what happened either, and I'm still thinking, okay, the puck's down in the corner, bounces back out to the slot. It's sitting right there on the goal line, and nobody's moving. Yeah. And, and it was kind of slow motion for me anyway from my vantage point, and I was like, I thought the same thing. I thought, what is going on right now? <laughs> in a split second, which felt yeah. like 10 seconds. But then Drew's standing there and taps the puck in and throws his hands up in the air, and you go... What did that just really happen? I think the what fact that, that he stepped between the goalie and the cage also yeah, made it yeah, a yeah. little bit weirder, right? Like he was invading. Like maybe that's why I thought it should be called off because it's like, did, oh, did he just enter? Was that it? Like, is that? Are you allowed to do that? And of course you are, but it's just so you're not used to seeing it, right? Like you don't see that very often, yeah. No. So uh, no, I think they'll take the overtime win. Yeah, well, and and hey. somebody pointed out that their you know their overtime winning record since they've introduced three on three is like it's the tops in the league. I mean. Yeah, well, when you've got high end players who who excel in those situations, and 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 Drew's one of them. I mean, if you want a defenseman out there for a three on three, wouldn't he be one of your the top three guys you'd go to? No, hundred percent. I mean, one of the things that I kept saying last season was all you need to do is look at their play in three on three to know that all of the complaints about they're not complaints, but whenever somebody would say that the reason their record is so bad is because they got old and slow and their talent fell off a cliff, I'd say if that were the case, they wouldn't keep winning these three on three overtime games. Right? Like, I don't know what off the top of my head, I don't know what their record in three on three overtime was last season, but I'm pretty sure it was pretty good. And this season they've got the win against Calgary and now the win against Chicago. Um, and you can just see, right. It's, it's, Kopitar, it's Brown, it's Dowdy, it's Carter, it's the Foley. It's these guys who know how to win and know how, you know, when you take all the coaching away and you take all the systems away and you not worrying about salary Let them caps play. or penalties. Yeah. When you're just watching them, when it's just watching a talent competition, talent's very clearly still there. Yes. Let them play and see what happens. And that's what happens. I think in three on three where guys don't think about systems and guys don't think about. I've got to get back on defense or I've got to make sure I've got my guy coming into the zone or because there is no, I mean, you have a guy, but it's so much more wide open and more uh, free flowing and guys can free wheel in that situation. And when you have guys with top end talent, like you said, the Kopitars and the Carters and the, the Dowdies and the Browns and the Toffoli's, those guys can, can create situations out of basically nothing because they're so good. And that, frankly, for me, that's fun to watch. I think that's some of the best hockey we see is the, is the three on three. It's not, you know, the ideal way to settle a game, but, uh, for me anyway, but, uh, it certainly is fun to watch. Having said that, Dowdy did turn the puck over right in front. I mean, like, Chicago's really bad. <laughs> I mean, it's... well, 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 let's qualify that by saying Saturday night, both teams came into the game with eight points. So, yeah. I mean, look, the Kings are not world beaters. <laughs> um, right, right. I'm, I'm just, I'm stunned at how, uh, like, I mean, it's not a shock, right? You, the, the Blackhawks have done a very similar thing that the Kings have done, where they've loaded up contracts on on players, you know, who led them to multiple Stanley Cups, and now, um, you know, they're struggling to fill in the uh, the depth. Dominic Kubalik scored. Uh, did you care about that at all? Like, I mean, he never played in a Kings uniform, but the Kings drafted him. He never came over. He's finally traded. You know, it's his rookie season. He comes in, he scores a goal, or or is that just like whatever? Who cares? He never wore a jersey. 
No, that that doesn't that does that part of it doesn't concern me. The the part that I enjoyed was saying Kubalik. Because <laughs> it's just such like a great saying name. it. Yeah. No, it yeah. Is. Dominic, who wouldn't like saying Dominic Kubalik? Uh but then they, they have uh they Chicago has a, a Dominic Kubalik and they also have a Slater Cuckoo. Which is yeah, I heard you. I heard he took a penalty. I think yeah, or did he get an he assist? Did, I heard yeah. you. I heard you say his name, Slater, and I was like, oh, I bet Dave loved that. <laughs> Slater Cuckoo, spelled K O E K K O E K, but pronounced Cuckoo. Yeah, which is so there, there you go. I mean, yeah, that goes. <laughs> that's one of those. So that's names all. I don't that, care. I don't care about the Kings connection and and I, whatever. No, he never suited up here, so it, it doesn't doesn't mean anything to me. Does it mean anything to you? Um. A little tiny itsy bitsy bit. Um, it's pretty much waved off by the fact that they won. But um, I'm bringing back this this thing. Uh, we called it the Molson Index back in the day. Rosen's now suggesting we call it the Timonen Index. But the idea was we would keep track of former players that would come in and score against the Kings. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> And it used to be, I mean, it used to be like, you know, it didn't matter who, you know, whether it was John Drews or Robert Long or, you know, Stumpel or Murray or whoever, you know, or Kevin Stevens or whoever, you know, all these players would leave and then they would, you know, they'd have great performances against the Kings. Um, but then when Lombardi took over, it felt like they were holding on to their young players. And so all of a sudden you didn't have as many players leaving in the first place. And the players that did were guys like Lyndon Vay. Or, uh, well, I can't remember any, you know, or, uh, Brian Boyle, you know, find some of them fine players, but they're not like high scoring guys that are going to burn you. But now that we're getting back into that mode of, of, uh, stockpiling picks and prospects, I thought it might be interesting to start paying attention to it again. So Kubalik was, you know, sort of counts, sort of doesn't, but nah, they won. It's fine. Chicago's, <laughs> it's not like they're going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about Dominic Kubalik's, uh, Hall of Fame credentials, um, just yet. You turned on that pretty quick. Yeah, well, look, they won. It was great. It kind of bothers me. Nah, it doesn't really bother me. Okay. <laughs> well, oh. bothers bothers just not the right word. I wish I yeah. if if I if I could write the script, I would have had somebody else score that goal. But sure, okay, now I get where you're coming from. Yeah. But whatever. You know, he scored it, so fine. Whatever. Um let's right. talk about the rain game real quick, Friday night. They they played against sure. Saturday night, but you and I were not there, but you and I both were there on Friday night. Now, I need you to tell me if I'm crazy or not. For me, that Friday night game was one of the sloppiest games I've seen in years. Am I crazy? <laughs> Let me say this. It's so ironic that you say that because I was told by several different people uh -huh. and, and several different people not uh, – in, within the same that, that do different jobs said similar things to me so it wasn't coming from the same group of people right i mean they all happen they all happen to be at the game but they all said the same thing to me they said that was a great game Ugh. that's one of the best games i've ever seen <laughs> what an awesome game that was oh okay and, and and i and i and i walked out of the arena that night and i said i think i was watching a different game yeah because I I don't it was very sloppy is a good word, um, it was 
uh, I don't want to use the word boring. It was not a boring game. It was, it was, uh, there was a lack of flow to the game. There yeah. were certainly a lot of whistles in the game, especially early in the third period. There were 10 or 12 yeah. early whistles. <laughs> yes, there were. And there were. was no flow. And then there was an icing. And then there was, you yeah. know. And then an offside. To me, it was just. They wouldn't drop the puck. Penalty infraction. I mean, just, oi. Yeah, and it wouldn't stop the whole night. So it wasn't like it wasn't like there was nothing going on. There was plenty going on, but it certainly wasn't a a game where you say that was a great play and that was a great play. And did you see that tic tac toe? And did you see that passing play there? And did you see there was none of that? And I don't know what to attribute that to. Maybe the ice was bad or really bad or my, I don't know. I, I, my hope is that both teams were out the night before having a <laughs> Halloween party. Because I mean, it could be. It could be. But but I would agree with you because I said exactly the same. It's so funny that you say that because I walked out and after three people told me the exact same thing in, in not exactly the same words, but close. I went to my car and shook my head and said, I, I don't know if we watched the same game because that was that was that was not at all what I took away from that. that I'm content. not sure I saw two passes in a row connect. I no. saw I saw both teams giving the other team. It's way too much room to operate in the offensive zone, right? Like the gap control was at like they were like five, six, seven feet off their man. Teams were entering the zones with impunity and then blowing the pass or not even right. Sometimes the pass wouldn't even. I can't remember who it was, but like he tried to pass it and he just his stick moved, his body moved, but the puck just sat there. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. On, yeah. The, on the breakout, I mean, there were. It should have been like I think I said on Twitter. It should have been zero to zero, or it should have been like eight to seven. Um, I'm not sure right. how it could. I'm not sure how gone either way. Two to two, yeah, because there was just like a million chances, but but not like because as you said, not because of like brilliant tic tac toe passing, but just because each team was just I don't know. There's like guys falling down all over the place. <laughs> they couldn't couldn't receive a couple passes, of goals. A couple passes. of goals that one was reviewed and they didn't go in, and there was a big yeah. stoppage. It, 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 and Jay Woodcroft, the uh, Bakersfield coach, was going crazy on the bench about a goal well, that I'm not was sure how disallowed. That, one didn't that. Go in. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure either. I'm not sure either, and I didn't get to see the video, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it was a strange game all around, and it and I think the real strange thing about it is that it was so sloppy because Ontario had come in wanting uh, winning four straight. They were six one and one. They looked great. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, world beaters to that point. I mean, they looked like they were unstoppable. And then Bakersfield comes in, you know, basically about 500. I think they were three, five and one coming into the game, something like that. They come in and, and you think, well, this should not that it's going to be an easy game. It's never an easy game, but you know, we should be able to handle our business here. And it was just like neither team could put anything together, which was kind of shocking to me. Yeah. And I was, so, so I, the, the, the press box, um, at the Toyota arena. My seat was sort of just on the opposite side of Cal Peterson on the on the winning goal from Bakersfield, and yep. Peterson's been unbelievable this season, right? Like he's, you know, he's he's playing his out of his mind, and yet it was pretty. I felt like it was a pretty weak goal. <laughs> like, he just yeah, well. wasn't he just wasn't protecting the top of the net. I mean, it was a great shot. To be fair, I know I'm contradicting myself by saying a weak goal and a great shot, but. I don't, I just wasn't, I just, if I felt like it was the kind of stop that Peterson has been making all year. So I was sort of stunned that like, oh, boom, it's over. Just like, <laughs> like, after. I just assumed because the game had taken, right? The game would not end, right? Like, like you said, there was whistles yeah. and, and offsides and icings and, you know, face-offs that they, you know, I think they had to drop the puck four times at one point on a face-off. Um, yes. 
and then it winds up going to overtime. I just thought, okay, we're destined for a 17 round shootout because this. Well, game I was just going to say the exact same thing. I was thinking <laughs> yeah. that in that third period, at the beginning of the third period, I said, this is going to go to a 15 round shootout. Yeah. It's <laughs> just the way this night is going to end because you see games like that where you're thinking, okay, I've seen everything tonight and nothing is happening. And now it's just going to continue into eternity. And fortunately for us, that didn't happen. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of a, it was kind of a weird one on Friday night. Yeah, I may or may not have been sitting next to a Rain employee who may or may not have rolled his eyes and muttered to himself a few times during the third period, like, this game will not end. <laughs> like, um, it was pretty funny. But uh, So, look, the Kings go on the road now. The Rain are on the road. Uh, those of us who don't travel with the team have sort of a breather, but going into Toronto, going into Montreal, going into Ottawa, I feel like, if, I mean... Wins are not the most important thing at this point in the Kings season, but I feel like if they could come back with three out of six points, I'd feel pretty good about that. Two would be fine. Um, just hoping not to get swept on that Canadian trip, yeah? Yeah, I think that's fair. A fair assessment. Three points would be excellent. Two points is maybe more likely. I mean, you and feel like they've got to beat Ottawa, right? Y- yeah, you would think. I mean... It- is there a chance they beat Toronto? Hmm. You know, I kind of, in, in I kind of feel like there is. Am I am I just stupid? No, no, I wouldn't say you're stupid. I just, I, I mean, I think the, the the best likelihood is them beating Ottawa. If you were, to yeah, no, for sure, teams. for sure. <laughs> but but then again, but then again, we had the uh, we had the homestand. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago where we played a few teams and you said, well, they should beat them and they should beat them and they didn't. And they, sh- you know, should they have beaten Nashville the way they beat Nashville? No, but they did. So no, you're not. That's why I'm saying that is because you're not crazy for thinking they, maybe they go into Toronto and beat up on Toronto. Now look what's happened against Calgary. Every time the Kings play Calgary this year, or the, both times the Kings have played Calgary. I mean, it's, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know which team you're getting every single night. So it's no stranger things have certainly happened. They could maybe they sweep the road trip. Well, let's not get I mean, crazy. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I just, I'm really enjoying the, the Toronto is not the best team in the league. Um, meltdown that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I, I'm listen, we love Jake Muzzin, you know, former King. I, you know, I had an account. On Twitter, dedicated just to Muzzin. So, I mean, what I'm about to say, please don't firebomb me, King Sands. But I mean, they thought they were getting Drew Doughty when they acquired Jake Muzzin, and they did. And <laughs> Jake Muzzin is not Drew Doughty, and uh, Nick Shore is not uh, <laughs> Jarrett Stoll. Um, I mean, they're still obviously a very good team, and they have some very good players. But I am enjoying the uh, the gap between expectations. And what they're getting fifteen games into the season. Yeah, they're yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Toronto's in a in a sticky spot with their salary cap too. So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there um, down the road this year, next year, and who knows what's going to happen with Mike Babcock. Uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting dynamic there. There's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces in Toronto. There's a lot of moving pieces, and I don't know exactly how they're going to handle that, but. Um, they got a lot of guys they need to keep under contract there, and they don't have all the money to to pay them. So, and then you've got a coach who maybe some people aren't sold on. Who I I love. I think he's fantastic. I think he's a great coach, but a lot of people don't don't 
like him there and think he's on the hot seat. And I guess that remains to be seen. Yeah. Well, it'll be an interesting, uh, I mean, it's so fun. Coaching is such a weird, uh, profession, right? I mean, and you can see it now with the Kings, right? You know, there are those, you know, there are tons of fans who don't necessarily pay as close attention as, you know, those of us who work for the team. And I, I don't say that to denigrate them or insult them. People have lives. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to devote a ton of your spare time to being intimately familiar with the inner workings of a sports team. But you see these questions people want to know, is McClellan doing a good job? I've seen people say that he should be fired already. You know, they look at the record and they say this team is terrible. And it's like, again, I mean, we keep saying it on this podcast time and time again, happiness is measured by expectations. But your expectations have to be set by reality and, and you've got to, you got to be paying attention. And so a team like Toronto, yeah, you know, like you said, they've got so many cap issues. I'm not sure that there's a ton Mike Babcock. I mean, he's sort of hamstrung by, by the pressure of the fan base and the media and the cap limitations and, you know, you can't bring in a guy like Tavares and then not play him top. You know, they're not, you know, you can, if you're Todd McClellan, you can bench Tyler Toffoli in the middle of, you know, the first month of the season and nobody's really going to care. But if they play, you know, John Tavares less than 18 minutes a night, I'm pretty sure it would lead, <laughs> I'm sure it would be front page news. Um, now I'm going oh, yeah, to look Tavares' numbers. And you can only play the guys that you have. It's the dumb as that sounds, right? I mean, those are the guys they have. These are the guys that, that fit into their salary scheme. So, you know, that's what that's what Mike Babcock has to deal with on a nightly basis. And if a guy's making big money, a guy's probably going to play big minutes. You would think. <laughs> you yeah. would definitely. Otherwise, otherwise there's going to be a whole different uh, animal you're fighting with there. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave, I think that's going to wrap it up unless there's any other uh, pressing King subjects you wanted to touch on. No, I think uh, I think we nailed it. I'm going to be right. honest with you. I think I think we nailed it. <laughs> you you were fairly succinct and uh, and that's great. And I think that we of all the podcasts that we've done, Jesse, this is one of them. This <laughs> this is one of them. Well, I yeah. do want to. I, I will take an opportunity <laughs> to say this. <laughs> um, the thing about Dowdy, the reason I did that, I wanted to bring it up and wanted to address it is because we're in a really uh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be too dramatic and I certainly don't want people to feel bad for us because we have great jobs and I, and I certainly enjoy mine, but we found ourselves in this spot last season and we're going to find ourselves in this spot this season. There's going to be nights where there just isn't a ton to say, right? The team is struggling. The team is learning. And, and so you don't, I don't want the message to constantly be, Everything's fine. Everything's cool. You know, we just need to fix this, tweak that. It'll be great. I also don't want to distract from what's happening by talking exclusively about stuff like Bark Madness, although I love Bark Madness. I do. Um, but it would be very easy to spend the entire season not talking about what's happening on the ice and finding, you know, stuff about the players' personalities or their personal lives or their dogs or, you know, Halloween or whatever it is to, to talk about it. Um, but I also don't want to just say, oh, this team is terrible and this team stinks and it's no fun to watch because, A, it's not true. I will watch every game and I will enjoy every game even if they don't win. But also, it's not it's not instructive. It's not helpful. Um, like I said, happiness is measured by expectations. I want happy Kings fans. 
um, as corny and as <laughs> and as silly as it might sound. My goal in all of this is to make the experience of being a Kings fan better. And so I want to talk if if there's if I see something like Drew Doughty being on the ice for you know the most even strength goals and the most power play goals, and he's talking about it. I think we should talk about it. So I, I just going to toss that out there for Kings fans. They can take it or leave it however they like. I'm not trying to be negative, overly negative, or overly positive. I'm just trying to talk about what I'm seeing on the ice um, to help us all get through this season together, happily, hopefully. And now anyway. we're talking about it, Jesse. Everybody's talking about it, so we're all on the same page. Good. No I more like elephant it. in the room. That's right. Well, there's a couple more, but we'll get to those later. Anyway, (laughs) Dave, I want to thank you for joining me. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it. And thanks for listening, Kings fans. We'll talk to you soon.